Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers beat the Houston Rockets in the game that defense was optional in. LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, both dropped triple doubles. 132-123 is the final, and you know what? You take wins where you can get them. LeBron and Russ are the first Lakers to drop a triple-double in the same game since LeBron and Lonzo Ball. Man, that's a little anticlimactic. But still, they both looked really good. Now, Russ had some Russ moments, right? Some missed dunks and some turnovers. Uh, LeBron also turned the ball over a, a decent amount of times. So LeBron turns the ball over three times. Russ turns the ball over seven times. That's not ideal. But... Uh, LeBron shoots 11 of 19 from the field. Russell Westbrook shoots 10 of 17 from the field. Three of five from three-point range was LeBron. Two of two from three-point range was Russ. So, you know, for the most part, that's good stuff. Like it, the Lakers have to win games where those guys play like that. Uh, add to that the fact that uh, Malik Monk dropped 25 points of his own, seven of 14 from the field, three of seven from uh, three-point range, 8 of 8 from the line, Carmelo. Uh, 9 of 15 from the field, 4 of 8 from three-point range. He scores 24 points of his own. And yeah, like that's how you win games. You have two guys really go off. You have a couple other guys go off in their own right. Lakers only play eight players tonight. More on that here in a bit. But just generally speaking, yeah, I could sit here and kind of whine and mope about the fact that the Lakers got those kinds of performances from uh, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, plus what they got from Malik Monk and what they got from Carmelo Anthony and still only beat the uh, 10 and 25 Houston Rockets, 132 to 123. Like, yeah, I, I could kind of whine about that stuff and, and, and point that out and make that the focus here. But you know what? Given the fact that the Lakers don't have Anthony Davis and given the fact that David Fisdale clearly doesn't trust Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan right now. You just have to get wins however you can get them. Speaking of, Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan, both of those guys got DNP CDs. Uh, LeBron James starts at center. We got some Carmelo Anthony minutes at center. This happens, by the way, on a night where Jamario Jones does not play. Trevor Reza does not play. And and clearly, obviously, the Lakers are still without Anthony Davis. So this really felt like Fizdale basically saying, you know what, man? Y'all, you know, have, have, have really been disappointing in DeAndre Jordan's case for basically the entirety of the season. And Dwight, ever since you got back from, from uh, COVID, I, you guys just take a seat and look at what the Lakers look like when Russ and LeBron are given space. And I don't know if that was the, the reason for it. I don't know if this was a uh, a, a conditioning thing in, in Dwight Howard's case, but this isn't the first time that DeAndre Jordan has caught a DNP CD that really felt warranted. And this also isn't the first time where the Lakers really leaned heavily on small ball lineups. You can do that kind of a thing, by the way, against this Rockets team, where Christian Wood is their only, you know, real center. They have Alperin Sengun, but he's kind of a smallish power forward. He only played 15 minutes tonight. They just don't really have much in terms of centers. So uh, you can, and, and maybe the Lakers, by going super small, forced 
the Rockets in that in into that right. Daniel Tice didn't play tonight, uh, and and I, though I, Tice is on some weird situation, kind of John Wallace there as well. Uh, but the Lakers at the end of the day basically said we have eight guys that we trust. We are going to roll with those eight guys. Maybe if they some of those guys get into foul trouble, maybe one of them gets dinged up, whatever. Maybe then you adjust, but. I think this really felt like one of those games where Fizz said, you know what, we we are 0-5 since I have been the interim here, so F it, I am just rolling with the guys I trust. While I understand David Fizdale not playing Dwight Howard and not playing DeAndre Jordan, honestly, they're, they have been bad NBA players. Like, DeAndre Jordan has been a bad NBA player for multiple years now. Dwight looked really good pre-COVID, and then hasn't looked good since. And like, yeah, that's what happens to big guys off of COVID. So uh, I'm, I'm going to give Dwight a little bit more benefit of the doubt. But given the fact that you only have Jamario Jones for a limited time, and given the fact that you uh, are have a, have a game tomorrow, uh, I would probably not have gone with an eight-man rotation tonight. I would have at least tried to sneak Jamario in there. For some of the minutes that, you know, say you needed more physicality uh, and it was some of the the non-32 minutes that Johnson wasn't. So so Stanley Johnson plays 32 minutes. And by the way, we're going to talk about him in a bit. But but uh, Stanley Johnson plays 32 minutes. You have LeBron out there for 39 minutes. If there were any minutes that both of those guys weren't on the court, then Jamario probably should have been out there just for physicality's sake. And, uh, and again... You know, you extend LeBron. LeBron basically has to play 39 minutes because when he wasn't out there, the Lakers really appeared to go to crap. Uh, Stanley Johnson also probably really needs to be out there for the defense and the physicality and stuff like that. Uh, but if if you start hitting diminishing returns as you get into the 30 or so minutes for Johnson, I think that's where Jamario makes a little bit more sense. Really good rebounder, super physical gets out and runs, uh, and, and again, the Lakers play tomorrow. So, uh, and, and again, again, you only have Jones for a limited amount of time. So I understand it where Fisdale is basically saying, man, I can't go 0-6 as the interim head coach here, both from the standpoint of the Lakers need to win a freaking game here and also for himself professionally where he says, I have this collection of players, this is who I trust, and this is who I'm going to go out and win a basketball game with. I, I get it from that sp- standpoint. But also, you have a game tomorrow. And these guys are already freaking exhausted. Especially the guys who haven't caught COVID yet or haven't gone into the protocols. Like That's one of the concerns that I have league-wide. Is at some point, we're going to start seeing guys start pulling hammies if they haven't gone into the protocols because of the type of burden that they've carried as teams have cycled through all of these uh, emergency contracts. So either way, though, I, I just think from a sustainability standpoint, it might have made a little bit more sense to get Jones in there and even get Dwight in there. Also to maybe get the guy some reps and get his legs underneath him. Uh, but But maybe more importantly, have everybody a little bit more fresh for tomorrow's game or tonight's game by the time y'all are listening to this. 
All right, I promised I was going to talk more about Stanley Johnson. He plays tonight, 9 points, 0-4 from 3-point range. Kind of to be expected. He's not a really good shooter. Uh, 3 of 8 from the field, 5 boards, couple assists, a steal. Uh, now, he finishes the game a minus 7, and this is one of those spots where even my kind of technique of, all right, who has the best plus minus, and tonight that was Malik Monk, or t- tonight it was Carmelo Anthony, at plus 17, all right, I get it. Melo was out there. He was shooting the ball really well. I And, and it's also a game where you want to get up and down and and, and, and defense doesn't matter as much. Uh, but this is also one of those games where I think the plus minus kind of lies a little bit. Not saying that Johnson set the world on fire. Clearly he didn't, you know. And, and, and by the way, like this is a player who there's a reason this guy was available when he was. He has had a fairly disappointing NBA career. He also, though provides things at the wing that the Lakers have not had this season. A, a big, solid-framed 6'7-ish, 6'8-ish wing who is athletic, can move his feet. That's a player that the Lakers just haven't had this year. And uh, I don't think I'm exactly lighting the world on fire with this take, but probably one of Kent Bazemore, DeAndre Jordan, Rajon Rondo, one of those three guys probably needs to be cut as more guys become available. And maybe they don't become available. And the Lakers can continue to sign Stanley Johnson with these hardship contracts. I would be kind of disappointed, one, from Stanley Johnson's perspective, get paid. And then two, from the standpoint of like, all right, well, like actually commit to the guy if you want to commit. Uh, but I think this guy, I think Stanley Johnson needs to be on the Lakers roster for the remainder of this season. The Lakers just desperately need any kind of wing depth that they can get. They stumbled on some here with, with Johnson and even he isn't a a perfect player. It wouldn't even necessarily surprise me if they keep him around and he, he falls down the rotation over the course of the season. Cause again, he's not a perfect player, but given the way that the Lakers want to play with AD out, and if they are going to go as small as they are going uh, with LeBron at the center, you need size, athleticism, and physicality around him so that he isn't carrying all of that burden surrounded by, you know, before, like we saw with Russ, Rondo, and IT out there. Get Johnson some minutes. Hope that you can get Reeves back fairly soon. Hope that Kent Bazemore gets back and isn't as useless as he was over the course of the season. And and now you have some switchability, you have some versatility, you have some extra length out there. So while AD is out, LeBron isn't carrying every aspect of the defense and then having to also go out there and create at the elbow for the offense. All right, before we get out of here, I want to uh, point you guys in the direction of a really fun and informative show uh, that I recorded before the game with Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. Here's a little snippet. So what I was told was that the Lakers called Philly um, and they said, you know, we're interested in Ben. And, you know, to get there, it, it, it was a short conversation being that to get there, the only salary numbers that could match Ben Simmons' own expensive salary mm-hmm. is AD or LeBron or Ress's. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not THT and um, Kendrick Nunn and a bunch of minimums aren't getting you there. Like the only way literally to get there contractually is to put in Russell Westbrook. And he's just not a player. The Sixers have a literal, tangible 
I don't know how long it is, but it's somewhere between 24 and 30, a, a list of, of players that they would mm-hmm. take back for Ben Simmons. They do. And Damian Lillard's on it, and James Harden's on it, and Bradley Beal's on it, and Jalen Brown's on it, Shea Gotis Alexander's on it. Like, I mean, you, you can think of the other guys who are obviously on there, you know, but mm-hmm. that's not coming available. Blah, blah, is blah. Russ like 31? Easy. <laughs> Yeah, I just said snippet. Like combining tidbit and snippet, I said snippet. That really is going to do it, though. Uh, check out that podcast. That's the Anthony Orange Show on this exact feed. It's right above the show or below the show that you just watched or listened to, uh, depending on the order that you have these podcasts in your feed. Check that out. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Also have some great stuff on silverskinandroll.com recapping last night's win so check out that as well until tomorrow i'm anthony irwin saying have a good one